Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Today is the sixth Sunday of Easter. Sixth Sunday of Easter. That means that today is the 36th day of Easter. You know, if you're a math person and you probably count weeks by seven and you'd say, you might get off on the numbers, but Easter is the, Easter Sunday is the first day of Easter. So the second day of Easter would be the eighth day. I mean, the second Sunday of Easter would be the eighth day of Easter and so forth. So that's how it kind of gets off by one. When you think about it, seven times seven is 49. So seven weeks later, the 50th day of Easter is actually Pentecost, the day of Pentecost. Well, that'll be two weeks from now. Uh, But the 40th day of Easter is the day of the Ascension. That's this Thursday. So, by the way, we will have a service this Thursday at 7 p.m. because that is the ascension of our Lord. So, today is the sixth Sunday of Easter. We have ascension, uh, sorry, the ascension of our Lord coming this Thursday. Then next Sunday is the seventh Sunday of Easter. And then the one following that is Pentecost. Wear your red, right? We wear red on the day of Pentecost. I always tried to remember that, but... But I I never was, I I always seem to forget. But please, wear red on the day of Pentecost. All right. And the other thing is, because Easter is always on a Sunday, the ascension of our Lord is always on Thursday, and the day of Pentecost is always on uh, Sunday. All right. I don't want to get ahead of myself and start preaching about the ascension or Pentecost, but I wanted to draw our attention to that, to the liturgical calendar. Uh, Because even now, we are still in the season of Easter. Alleluia, Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. During Lent, we were looking eagerly toward the completion of Jesus' work on the cross. In Holy Week, we, we recalled Jesus coming into Jerusalem on Palm Sunday, Sunday of the Passion. We recall the Sunday, uh, the Last Supper that was on Monday, Thursday. That was the night in which Jesus was betrayed. And then Good Friday, the day in which Jesus was crucified. And then, of of course, Easter Sunday, his glorious resurrection. Since then, we have looked each Sunday at Jesus' appearances as he came to his disciples to make known that he had conquered death. We saw that he restored Peter to the ministry. We look back on his words to the Pharisees when he explained that his sheep hear his voice. We saw last week that the sorrow of the apostles would be turned to joy. Uh, And in our gospel lesson today, Jesus told the disciples that he was leaving the world and going to the Father. So in our liturgical calendar or roadmap, we're looking forward to the next stop, which is the ascension. So that's what we're doing. That's why we're That's why we have a liturgical calendar, because we're remembering the the events as they took place. And we know that Jesus ascended between his resurrection and between the day of Pentecost. And the church has historically celebrated that ascension on the 40th day. We know that soon after his ascension, he would send the Holy Spirit, which would come on the day of Pentecost. But in our gospel lesson today, we're looking at John 16. And this is John 16. Jesus is speaking to his apostles on that Thursday night, that 
that night when he instituted the Last Supper, that night that they were observing the Passover during Holy Week, the night in which he was betrayed. And in these words, he is looking forward to his ascension and to the day of Pentecost and to the implication of his ascension and Pentecost. Well, what are the implications? In other words, what is the significance of all these happenings, these these events that have taken place? Our lessons today are very closely tied to one another, and they help us to see it plainly. So let's take a closer look. In our passage from Acts 16, we see a Gentile woman, woman, Lydia, from a town called Thyatira, and she came to faith. It was a Sabbath day, which would be a Saturday, and uh, she, along with other women, were gathered outside of the gate of the city along the riverside. Paul, it's, the text says that Paul supposed that there would be people gathered there. He wants to find a group of believers. He's like, well, it's the Sabbath day. There's probably going to be a group gathered down by the river, so I'm going to go ahead on down there and see if I could find some. And here there are these faithful women who are gathered there, and Paul encounters them, and Lydia was among them, and God blessed her and them, these women, for their faith. We read, the Lord opened her heart to pay attention to what was said by Paul. It is God, the Holy Spirit, that opens the heart and gives faith to the hearer. It wasn't by Lydia's will that she would hear God's word. It was God, the Holy Spirit, that opened her heart to hear the word from Paul. And Lydia was blessed by God that he opened her heart to hear the preaching of Paul. She was confirmed in her faith and then baptized along with her household. There's a little plug for infant baptism, you know, her household most likely include infants, but it was her whole household that was baptized. In our psalm lesson, Psalm 67, we read, may God be gracious to us. This is how it opens. May God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face shine upon us that your way may be known on earth, your saving power among all nations. We see in our lessons that God has been gracious because he has made his face to shine upon us. And that his way is known on the earth. And his saving power is among all nations. Just as the psalmist prayed. To put it another way, and this is, uh, I have to give credit to Reverend Ray because he put it succinctly, although he said it's nothing unique to him. But in Jesus, God's face shines upon us, the nations. When you see the nations, that means the Gentiles. It means all people. And in Jesus, God's face shines upon us and his way is made known. His power, his saving way is is made known in Jesus Christ. Just as God, the Holy Spirit, opened the heart of Lydia and gave her faith, God in Christ has made himself known to each one of us. And he has given us his spirit, which reveals to us his saving power in Christ. You see, we wouldn't know that. We, wouldn't make, we couldn't make sense of how Jesus has died for our sins. That would be just funny sounding, silly, 
it's foolishness to those that are perishing. Why? Because they're not smart enough to get it? No. It's not an intelligence thing. It is a spiritual condition. Because some people, God has not opened their mind and their heart to receive that news. But for us, we are blessed because God has done that for us. And it is God's will that he do that for all people. And we know that faith comes through the hearing of his word. Okay, so our lesson from Revelation 21, we're given a a glimpse of the new Jerusalem. John records that it has the glory of God, its radiance like a most rare jewel. In the new Jerusalem, the 12 tribes of Israel are joined with the 12 apostles. That's what you see happening there, where you see the foundations that comprise the 12 tribes of Israel and the 12 apostles. All things are coming together now in Christ. That is what this is envisioning. Everything comes together. And John says, I saw no temple in the city, for its temple is the Lord God, the Almighty, and the Lamb. Indeed, the temple is the place where God came to the people, And the people flock to the temple, but in the new Jerusalem, Jesus Christ is the temple. And the city has no need of sun or moon to shine on it, for the glory of God gives its light, and its lamp is the Lamb. In heaven, Jesus Christ provides all the light that we need, and he is the temple. This is going to be a surprise and a shock to some people because they think we need to like reclaim this little corner in Palestine where Jerusalem is and rebuild the temple in order to usher in God's kingdom? No. John says he saw the new temple, the, the, the new Jerusalem, sorry. John saw the new Jerusalem coming from where? From Palestine up to heaven? No. Coming from heaven down to us. See, the temple is, not, is no longer just this, this place in one particular part of real estate in the world, in spite of what some people think. The temple is coming to us from heaven, and the temple is Christ. Jesus Christ is the temple, and he provides all the light. You may say, boy, I can't wait for heaven. Can't wait to see this wonderful sight, the new Jerusalem. Jesus Christ, filling all things with his light and his presence. Well, let me say, you don't have to wait. Have you been baptized? Have you heard the word of God and believed? Then God, the Holy Spirit, has worked faith in you. Just like he did for Lydia. Just like he did for others. Just like he did for Mary, the mother of our Lord. The God-bearer, even she confessed, this is my Savior. What does that say? But that Mary needed a Savior, just like we do. And God gave her that faith, just like God gave faith to the apostles. For all who have believed in Jesus, it was a gift of faith given by God. You have faith because Jesus Christ is in you, even now as we speak. Jesus Christ indwells you. This is the implication of our lessons today. Christ is the light of God, and Christ is in you right now. However dark and murky your world is or may seem to be, Christ is the light, and he is in you. 
He's not speaking to you in figures of speech. Just as he said to the apostles, no longer will I speak to you in figures of speech, but plainly. And he has come to you plainly by God the Holy Spirit, who works directly in you through word and sacrament. But pastor, I'm not sure if my faith is strong enough. Yeah, but Jesus is strong enough. But I'm not sure that I'm living the Christian life well enough. Well, I am sure that Jesus Christ lives to make intercession for you. Drown your sins daily as you remember your baptism. You know, when we make the sign of the cross, that's what we're doing. We're remembering our baptism. I am baptized. My sin is drowned in the waters of baptism. You don't have to overcome the world through righteous living. And thank God for that because the scripture tells us there is no one righteous, not one. But we have a righteousness in Christ. So you don't have to overcome the world. You have Christ in you and he has overcome the world. So you do overcome the world when you place all of your trust in Christ and say, Jesus, thank you for overcoming the world for me. Thank you for being righteousness that I couldn't be. Thank you for forgiving my sins, for earning my forgiveness and my salvation. But, pastor, I struggle through life. I have depression, anxiety, fear. I don't want to downplay that. I I know that these These things can take you to a very dark place. But I know also that Jesus is there with you. In that dark place, Jesus is there with you. Even when you're there, he is the light. So hold on to him. Don't let go of that. Whatever happens in this world, don't let go that Jesus Christ is that light for you. You're not alone. You're never alone. He is always with you. Jesus, help us to always know your presence. And Jesus, always be our light. The peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus.